Welcome to Bold Talk Radio. I am your host, Pat Williams. Well, everyone, hopefully you enjoyed your Christmas holiday. Now we're going to get on back to some business and we're going to get down to real business. Um, This is a pretty serious topic. Um, I like to refer to it as really the third rail topic. So the title for today's um, podcast uh, episode is why do some black people hate themselves and hate other blacks? This is a topic that I really wanted to shy away from. And, you know, some of you guys who have been listening to me now and you're getting familiar with Bold Talk Radio, that's the whole point of this of this podcast. Uh, we want to talk boldly and and address issues that may not be um, always uh, the easiest topics and subjects to handle. But the reason why I wanted to address this topic, and I had not really had a plan to do this uh, topic um, for Bull Talk, but lately it's been a lot of um, information that's been coming my way. Well, first of all, a couple of things happen. <clears throat> so as I'm sure you guys know, I'm doing research and I'm uh, on other social media platforms and sometimes conversations and material and information is, is actually you know, flowing to me uh, through these other venues and avenues. And if I come across something interesting, I say, hmm, okay, I'll research that and maybe, you know, bring that onto the podcast uh, episode and see if we can discuss it. So what I came across uh, at really as of today was two things. Uh, number one, there was a discussion about um, what can non uh, individuals who are non-black, what can they do to show uh, support to the, the black community? Well, my take on it was I felt that it was kind of a rather silly topic anyway. Um, I don't feel that it's a white person or Latinos person or Asian person or East Indian person. I don't feel that it's another community's job uh, to cheerleader you on uh, in your community. Uh, I just I just don't know where that uh, mentality has come from. Um I think what anybody should do and what everybody ought to do is remember the golden rule. You do unto others the way you would want them to do unto you. So if it's in speaking in regards to race relations, you know, the the best thing that anybody, black or non-black, can do is just treat people the way you want to be treated. And I think if people can remember the golden rule, as Jesus himself laid down, then then we would be okay. I think that's really the, the number one problem. Um, but that conversation, that discussion led to a deeper um, level of discussion where the conversation took a turn into discussing more about, well, what are black people doing to uh, come together? And to show love and to show um, compassion and, and unity. 
And I'm definitely one of the, the people that commented along those lines. Um, again, I, I, I think that, and some of you guys may agree with me, especially if you're black. I don't think that our, listen, again, I don't think that it's someone else's job to uh, bolster and, and, and lift up your community. Uh, it's, it's within us. That power is, is, is within us as a community. Uh, now I'm not saying you're lifting yourself up where you're, Hey, we're better than everybody and everybody sucks. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about true uplifting where we're, we're th- being there for our kids and for, uh, the children in our community, for our elders in the community. Uh, you know, there shouldn't be one elder that's starving or, or can't have their lights or gas, uh, gas paid because, uh, their utilities are about to be shut off uh, due to them being on a limited income. Um, children should not be able um, to have to worry about going to school or playing in their backyard or, you know, running, riding their bike or hopscotching on the sidewalk. I mean, do kids even do that stuff anymore? You know, well, one reason why they don't, especially when you get into some of the communities that have a lot of high crime areas, I mean, it's just too dangerous. It's just too dangerous. Um, so, you know, but that should not be a concern to any young person. So that's what I mean by uplifting your community. I don't mean uplifting the community by, hey, y'all, we the best. Everybody else suck. We run this. I mean, that's childish. What it, what it means to uplift your community. That means, guess what? To sow into each other's ventures and businesses. That means to, guess what? Uh, build up the family structure. Uh, build up the church uh, structure. Build up that, that, that religious structure, the spiritual structure in the community. Because without those things, you really don't have a community. You really don't. And I think a lot of times we forget what community is. You know, community, it really does. It starts with the family. So anytime, I know some of you guys are going to like it, and I'm not here, I'm certainly not here to bash uh, single parents. I've, I've, that's just far from it, be it far from me. But what I'm saying is we have to understand that single parenting, it happens. Okay, it happens. And people shouldn't be mistreated. People shouldn't be put down for it. It does happen. But there is something uh, systemic that's happening in the black community where single parenthood has become the order of the day. It's no longer just the anomaly or the aberration that has become the mainstay that has become the rule and not the exception. And that's where you know that the tide has taken a wrong turn. So that's what I mean by uplifting the community is bringing those factions the, the church, uh, the, which is the spiritual body, uh, the, the, the community, uh, the teachers, the educational body, the family structure, um, just neighbor to neighbor. You know, the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. These are the things, the business side of the community. And I think so many times in the black community that there's more of this sense of, well, hey, um, I'm concerned about white people doing something bad, or I'm concerned about a non-black um, being disrespectful or attacking, but there's not really much focus given on what can we do from within. Um, I had a horrific debate with a young lady on this other platform, and she was going back and forth, 
And she was telling me, you know, <laughs> that, you know, it, it doesn't really matter why black people are doing certain things. We know why we're doing this. And I'm thinking, wait, 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 wait. No, I don't know why. I don't know why our black children in Chicago, why they can't go outside and play in the summer and not have to fear losing their lives. No, I don't know why. That's not excusable to me. That's inexcusable to me. There, there is nothing not remotely acceptable about this under any circumstance. And I think there has been this kind of malaise. Um, and there has been this type of um, deep-seated uh, laissez-faire kind of thing in the black community uh, that we're more willing to sweep black on black violence under the rug well because they're black and we understand no I don't understand I don't understand that and I would hope to God that no one else in the black community can wrap your brain around the violence and try to explain it away and I think that is why the black community also have become embattled from within within itself so when I was making these these statements one young lady, uh, you know, she, you know, was telling me that, you know, that I was some kind of clown and a joker and, and she got really vile and, and started using very horrific language uh, because I began to challenge her position and she's a black woman. And I said, you know, listen, you know, you can't because her, her retort, right? Her debate with me was, well, white people kill each other. So white, 84% of white people uh, are murdered by, by white people. So I'm saying, so wait a minute. Are you telling me that you feel that there's a justification of these black children, black communities that are in war zones, like here in Chicago, where I live, but it's not just Chicago, it's Baltimore. It's, it's, it's all types of places. I said, so you're telling me it's Memphis? You're telling me that that's okay to you because you can pinpoint a statistic where white people do it? I said, so what you're saying is uh, it doesn't matter if black people kill each other as long as white people are killing each other. I said, what is wrong with you? And I flat out said this. I won't deny it. I said, hey, hey, black lady, you know, take, take off your, you know, hey, remove your hood, black clans woman. And I said that, and I meant that, and I'll still stand by that. And of course, the woman went completely bananas. But what I could not fathom is how could this black woman, and based on her social media page, whatever, she's definitely appeared to be black. I mean, I mean, unless it's some kind of troll bot, but I doubt it. I mean, her, her page looked very much human and very much realistic in real time, you know, with pictures of her family and loved ones and friends and things of that sort. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'd have to assume, safely assume that she is a real person. And just some of the comments I could tell, you know, some of the things she was saying, because uh, she mentioned that yeah, I'm from Chicago, too. And this then a third. So I could tell that the, uh, the the young lady was a real person, which unnerved me because I said, well, OK, now I now I get it. Um, you know, unfortunately, there is a deep level of, of apathy in the black community. And one reason that lends itself to this, this spirit of apathy in the black community is because it, 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 it's almost like 
and if we can be apathetic about it and kind of take our eyes off of it, then it never really means that we have to do the hard work and work internally to improve those things. You know, it's easier to say black lives matter. Why is the white cop shooting this black boy? Why are white people calling the cops on, you know, a black barbecue or uh, a black kid at the lemonade stand? And I'm not saying that those things are right. I'm not saying that those things uh, should not be addressed and 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 uh, dealt with. But what I am saying is you can't just only look at those things and say, well, black lives matter here. Uh, but then, okay, but now you've got Chicago where just this past weekend, there were 23 shootings and these 23 shootings happened in black areas. These were the West and the South sides of Chicago. And it's not, that's not just one weekend. That's like that almost every weekend. Now, for some of you guys who don't live in Chicago, you may say, oh my God, wow, we didn't know it was like that. But for those of us who are in Chicago, or if you guys are keeping up with Chicago news through the national reports, it's like that. So I can't just say black lives matter only when it's a non-black who's the violator, if you will, or who's the perpetrator or the alleged perpetrator, however you want to fantasy that. Okay, I can't just get concerned and get in an uproar and ready to just pull my hair out. And I, I, I should have that same energy when I know that 23 black people week in, week out, week to week, day to day, month to month, when that's happening right within our own community. No, you may not be hearing about predominantly black schools uh, being gunned up or gunned down by black kids. Yeah, a lot of that's happening out in white suburbia. And I, and, and it's crazy because some black people will bring that up. Well, uh, don't talk about, you know, black kids shooting each other. White kids are shooting each other in these schools. Okay, fair game on that. But here's the difference. Unfortunately, and Lord have mercy, you may have one white kid who's totally stark crazed out of his mind or her mind. We haven't really saw a girl do it yet, but I'm pretty sure there's some wacky white girls out there. Um, you may have a crazy white kid, trench coat mafia style, Columbine style, right? Who does something like that. And that is hideous. But at the same time, this is a, how can I say it? You may have someone to do that, right? Um, and go and, 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 and go and shoot up a, a school. Okay. And maybe kill 15 to 20 white students all in one fell swoop. But look at what's happening in the black community. You've got 20 black kids just being shot up like that every week. Now, I'm not trying to justify and say which is better. They're both hideous. All communities need to come together and get for real about the safety of our young people. So please, I want no one to misunderstand and misinterpret what I'm getting at. But what I'm dealing with in terms of my community, in terms of the black community, we have taken on this crazy, whack mentality. And I don't know where it's come from because I am i would say I'm of the older generation, right? I'm 45, man. I don't know where the, I don't know where these guys are getting this mentality. But the mentality is, hey, you know what? Black people, I understand why we're doing it. You understand 
you understand why there's 23, 23 black shootings, shootings in black areas week to week. You understand that that's the problem. That's the problem. Now, am I saying every black person in the black community have that? No, but I'm telling you, there are those in the black community who have adopted and adapted to this deep, uh, visceral mentality of apathy about what's happening in our communities. And we're trying to explain it away. We're trying to say, well, uh, it's because of racism. And if there wasn't racism, then Pookie wouldn't shoot nobody. That's BS. Stop trying to justify what Pookie is doing. Well, she wouldn't be she wouldn't be twerking at the club or or, or selling her body. Uh, Laquana wouldn't do that if white people weren't so racist. Don't give me that. Stop justifying what Laquana may be doing. There is no excuses for stuff like that. Now I know some of you guys are going to probably want to write in and get upset about me talking about girls twerking and adult entertainment. I'm not, that, that's really not my focal point. I'm using that as an example. My focal point is you can't not use racism as the end all be all get out of jail free card as to why, as to why the community may not be living up to its potential Because at the end of the day, it's not when there's 23 shootings, I can tell you guys right now, that's not affecting the predominantly white communities in Chicago that it really isn't. It's affecting Chicago South and West side communities. So we need to understand that. Guess what? We need to be about the business, the good work, the good work and the Lord's business of working together within our community. One one black lady said, oh, well, you're a segregationalist. And I'm thinking like, huh? I said, what in the world? And of course, this lady couldn't come back with any comeback. I was like, what in the world could possibly make you think what I said was in any shape, form, or fashion an advocacy for segregationalism? You know, because she's like, well, segregation just doesn't work, sis. And I'm like, who? I said, when did I say anything about about, about being segregated? About segregating? I says, I love all people. All all groups have to work together. But I reminded this lady. I said, listen, there's an old saying: charity begins at home, and then it spreads abroad. I says, black people, we're too much worried about the charity that we're looking for. And I don't mean charity in, front, in terms of donation. That word charity means love. Okay, so I'm going to the older understanding of that word, the older definition of that word. We're more concerned about the charity that we're seeking from white people and other groups as opposed to the charity we must begin starting with us. Jesus said, love ye one another. Does that mean I also love my white brother and my Chinese sister and my Arab neighbor and and, and my Latino and my Italian? And yeah, it means all that. My Arab and East. Yeah, it means I love everybody. My Polish person. Yes, it means I got to love everybody. But you have to, black people, you have to start that among yourselves. We have to start that among ourselves. And it's almost as if some of us feel that 
to do that and to say, hey, we have to love ourselves enough to stop, to put a stop to this madness that's happening in too many of our communities. It's not happening in every black community. That's true. I mean, there are some black, predominantly black communities here in Chicago, not a lot, but there's maybe less than a handful where they're working class areas. They're pretty relatively safe. You know, everybody's going to work, everybody's going to school. So I'm not saying every black community has gone to the dogs, but we have to be able to have that type of charity, that type of love. And to do so doesn't mean that you got to go out here and hate white people. And I think some of us have that crazy notion. Well, if we get concerned about uh, working and loving black people, then we've got to hate white people. We got to hate the white man. What? You mean to tell me? You can't perfect them both. That's outrageous. Charity has to begin at home first. And what I also shared with this lady, I said, look here. I said, there is an old axiom, another one that says this. If you don't respect you, I can't respect you. I said, perhaps some of the nonsense and some of the disrespect that the black community uh, that we are receiving and perceiving, you know, whether it's by reception or perception, you know, whether it's something we receive or something that we're perceiving, in either case, perhaps some of that, it may be steeped into a little bit of a level of, guess what? Hey, if you don't respect you, if you guys don't respect yourselves, how can I? If you don't respect you, I can't respect you. If I see you guys ripping each other's heads off and attacking each other and not coming together and being there for one another and being there for your kids, how can I respect you? Maybe if we get about the business of showing that love and that common courtesy from within, maybe that'll be exactly the beacon of light that others outside of our community would say, wow, those people really love each other, man. Okay. That, that lets me know. I just can't, I just can't come to the table with any, you know, nonsense with those people. So this is why I say, I I am truly of the opinion that some black people really do not love themselves and they really do not like each other. And I'm going to give you guys a couple more examples before I wrap this podcast up. Um, On this hot topic platform that I was uh, interacting with earlier, there was another, because it was mostly black women that were chiming in on this thing. And, uh, and there was another black woman and, you know, she was very, very upset uh, about the things that I was saying. I mean, one of them said, well, are you a coon or are you a troll? You know, and I'm saying, wait a minute, you guys want to attack me malign me, mock me for being a coon or troll because I'm saying black people, we need to love each other. Black people, we need to rally for our kids. Is that what it means now to be a coon or troll? I mean, it's, it's just outrageous. I don't know what's happened to this young black generation. Then there was another young black woman and you can tell these guys were all in their twenties and thirties. They were much younger than me. And like one of them, she was like, well, white people need to stop stealing our you guys know what sugar, honey, iced tea. Okay. Figure out that acronym. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, well, well what are they stealing? Well, you know, they, they still in our dance moves and they're, they're still it. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. You're, you're more, Lord have mercy. Help us, Lord. 
Help your people, Lord. Help, help us, Lord. Help all your people. I'm sitting here saying, wait a minute. You're more offended that a white person would twerk or dab or milly rock or wear cornrows or fro, a faux fro. You're more incensed about that than the things that are happening, happening right under your own watch, right within your own community. And then I went on to explain to her, I said, well, listen, if if we're going to play that game about cultural appropriation, then let's not touch anything that the white man has created or done. And let's get off the social media. Let's give up our smartphones. Uh, You know, let's stop doing those things. And then then we can call it even Steven. But if you're living in a society, of course, there's going to be things that are going to be cross-cultural that people can share. I have, she was like, well, then why are you on social media? I said, because again, I'm not like you. I don't have a problem with a white person twerking or dabbing or milly rocking. I don't have a problem with that. I said, so, you know, that's, that's not a problem for me. That's a problem for you. But if I felt like you, then I certainly wouldn't want to touch anything that a white man has ever did. See, this is how you shut down foolishness. And then this, this, then this crazy young lady says to me, well, you know, I don't look at smartphones and, 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 and social media as being a white thing. You know, okay. I, that's everybody's thing. Oh, hmm, so now you, okay. So now you want to play that. And then she goes on to say, uh, because see, when I'm talking about white culture, I'm talking about unseasoned casseroles and, and country music. And I said, are you, are you serious? Are you really serious? She did not come back to me after I, I said one final remark to her. I said, so you're telling me that white culture, white culture in your perception is an unseasoned casserole. Lord have mercy. <laughs> and country music. I said, well, first off, let me put this out there on the record. I have eaten plenty of unseasoned food at many a black person's table. Honey, it's some black people who can't cook worth a dime. And they couldn't cook themselves out of a paper bag. Real talk, word up. And I'm like, and as far as country music, I said, did you know one of the fathers, one of the legends, all-time legends of country music is Mr. Charlie Pride. Honey, I suggest you learn your heritage. Go learn something really true about your people in, 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 in your history. Because it's my history. It's our history. Go learn something about that before you start talking. And that's why I'm saying it's such a deep-seated ignorance, deep-seated ignorance. Uh, and, and black people, only we can stop this. You know, it's like when, when I was a kid and he showed that commercial Smokey Bear and he said, only you can prevent forest fires. Only we can put out this fire as a black community. But there was a white lady who saw the comments in a discussion and she threw her uh, hat into the ring and, and she uh, mentioned that she has, has been a school teacher. And she says, listen, she says, you know, she says, hey, I'm, you know, she said, I, I, I've worked with African-American children and students. And she says, and it's so sad to me just being a white woman, seeing how so many times uh, young black children that they, she said, they don't even realize many times inadvertently they have this deep seated hatred for their own culture and they'll, they attack their own culture. And she said, and it's so sad to see how they'll put one another down. So what was this white lady telling me? She was telling me what I already known. 
And she was telling me what I was trying to tell these other black women and adults. There is something going on in the soul of black America. And I don't mean the soul like how James Brown meant soul, like right on, right on. I ain't talking about that kind of soul. I'm talking about the spiritual senses and the spiritual sensibility and the spiritual sensitivity. And that was not, that has not always been like that in the black community. I know because I'm old enough to know that it wasn't always like that. But it's weird because it's it's a self-hatred, but it's also this visceral thing also towards others. It's like, you know, and I, I basically said, I'm like, you know, you guys are concerned about these other groups bowing down and giving us smooches when let's not let's not be obsessed about that. I'm not so much caring about whether the white person or the white community is like, hey, we just love you black folks. But then if a white person shows some level of, hey, I like your culture. I, I like I like how you guys, you know, do certain things. Then if they do that, what it says, um, um, imitation is the highest form of compliment. So then if you get a white person or non-black person, then we're ready to attack those people for cultural appropriation. So which is it? Do we want others to, to, you know, to look upon our culture and be positive? And when they do, then we're attacking them for cultural appropriation. But then when you get a black person like me saying, hey, guys, let's not deal with that. That's, that's child's play. Let's let's deal with the more meatier, the more weightier matters. You know, let's 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 deal with the real meat and potatoes of what's going on in our community. Then I'm a coon. Oh, you're a coon. Why? Because I'm saying we need to stop killing each other. You're a troll. I'm a troll because I'm saying, hey, let us learn to love one another. Or you're a segregationist. I'm a segregationist. At what point in time? At what point in time? All I'm saying is, guess what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm totally for all people coming together and love each other. And it was so cool just to know, <laughs> I hate to say this, but this is the truth. It was mostly non-blacks that were giving me the thumbs up. So that clearly what, what I was saying was not anti-white or anti-other non-black, other black, anti-other non-blacks, other non-black groups. It couldn't have been. It couldn't have been because it was mostly non-blacks and whites who were like, thumbs up, right on. But it was my own black people who were attacking me for saying, hey, y'all, we got to do better. Am I concerned about the white officer? who would unjustly take the life of a black youth? Absolutely, I'm concerned about that. Absolutely. Am I concerned? Am I concerned about a, a white person or non-black person uh, speaking ill and, and, and uh, speaking vile towards uh, another black person? Absolutely. Or redlining and discriminating against somebody black? Absolutely. There's absolutely no way that I would feel good about that. And I don't. And I think no one should. Am I saying not to address those issues? Absolutely not. But what I'm saying is, as a community, we can't be so fascinated and fixated on those things and not deal with the inner work. We have to deal with the inner works. And we don't want to do that. We just want to feel good. Too many of us and pat ourselves on the back. Well, see, we're marching against this white man. We're coming against these white people. But what are you doing while well, our, our own house is falling apart? You know what that would be just like? That would be just like having a house 
never cleaning it up. Rats and roaches just taking it over. Rats, roaches, bed bugs, you name the whole thing. Ants, <laughs> termites, whatever, stink bugs, whatever hideous creature thing you could think. Snakes, whatever. Vermin, whatever. is just taking over the person's house. Everything is taking over this person's house on the inside. But then the white person who lives across the street decides to throw a brick into your house and break the window. And now you're ready to go get the shotgun and, and, and you're totally pissed with this person. And you're pissed at this person. You're messing up my house. You threw a rock into my house. You broke my window. Yeah, they did. Should you not address that? Sure. Address this person for throwing a rock and breaking your window. Because yes, that is part of messing up your house. But baby, you got so much work. You need to clean up on the inside. You need to get rid of these bed bugs. You need to get rid of these roaches. You need to get rid of these rats. You need to get rid of these snakes. You need to get rid of these termites. You need to mop the floors. You need to dust. You need to paint. You need to throw out some old clothing. Do you understand the analogy? So that's what I see that has happened to the black community. We're more concerned with the outside person or the outside group or the outside individuals who may take a brick and it's a, it's a horrible thing. And yes, it must be addressed who throws the brick into the house and, and further damages the house. You understand? But we're not willing to, you know, as long as, hey, as long as no one throws, throws the brick in the house, I'm fine laying up in all this squalor. It's like a show on hoarders. No, you have to do some housekeeping. You have to clean your own house. And the real bottom line point is maybe if we do that, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but maybe if we would get our own house together, that may inspire the outside guy. Say, you know what? I want to throw a brick into these people's house. But you know what? Dang it. They, they keep that house so well. I hear that anybody steps into that house, that house is immaculate. Now, I'm not saying that somebody still wouldn't throw a brick in because sometimes people can do that out of envy and out of spite. Of course. But do you know there's something about human nature? And I'll tell you guys this and I'm gone. There's something about human nature. And I, I learned this uh, when I was in college. Uh, there, there's a principle called diminishing return, right? But there's also a principle, and this ties in a little bit to diminishing return, just a little bit. But it ties in, there was a, an example in my psychology class that I had taken. And they, it was an example of a car. And there, I mean, this is a real study, guys. This, this is a real study. You may be able to Google it and find it yourself. But there was this, um, uh, if you will, some type of experiment where psychologists, they parked a, a brand new car in not one of the best neighborhoods, right? So they parked it there and they just left it parked. Nice, pretty, new, shiny, you name it. And no one touched it. So each day... Each day, what the psych psychologist—not uh, psychologist, but what the uh, the experimenters decided to do—each day they started to do something to the car, like remove the hubcap, uh, and, and maybe remove. Well, not do something every day, but they decide let's remove a hubcap, or let's put a little dent on the side of it. And they just did the most minor things. Let's put a little tiny scratch into the paint. And what they noticed was that the moment that they started doing little things to it to ding it or to remove a hubcap or you know key a little line into the paint coating they said that what they started to notice and they had people under you know surveillance the people didn't know they were being watched 
Uh, and the people weren't, you know, they, I don't think that they called the police or whatever. But the thing was, they noticed that the moment damage happened to that car, it, it gave other people license to just start. They said that people started ripping off uh, the, the, uh, the, the side view mirrors and then people started ditting it. And somebody came along and broke the window and broke into the car and removed the stereo system. So what was the <coughs> psychology behind that? The psychology behind that is this. The theory of it is this. Sometimes in life, people only do and set out to do things that they feel others, that that makes it okay because others are doing it and others have done it. And and this this theory, this, this psychological theory is how they explain moments in time uh, where you may have had, let's say, in Hitler's Germany, uh, in, in Auschwitz, how a lot of the German people initially started out totally in disagreement with uh, Adolf Hitler and his policies and his uh, anti-Semitism. But as other people began to go along and say, hey, that's okay, that's okay. What it did, it gave people this license, this almost invisible license to say, yeah, okay, well, they're doing it, so I'll do it too. And that was the whole, that's the whole theory behind the psychology of that. So even though that can work negatively, imagine it can also work positively. And if you guys think about it, this is exactly what the woman was telling me earlier on, as I mentioned in in the beginning of this episode, she was telling me, well, white people kill each other. 84% of white people kill each other. So what was she saying? She's really not concerned about black people killing each other. Not really. Why? Because in her thought, it's got to be okay because the white man is killing himself at 84%. So no, I'm not going to get concerned about 23 shootings every week, in and out, day in, day out, happening in a lot of these black communities across America. That's not a concern for her. That's a shame. (sighs) All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to Bold Talk Radio today. I am your host, Pat Williams. Listen, before I sign off, feel free to get over to our page on Facebook, Bold Talk. Like us, share us. Uh, If you have comments, questions, even if you just want to, you know, tell me that there's some things that you'd like to see me do better. Um, If you have a product, event, uh, a business that you'd like for me to plug, I haven't done that in a while. By all means, feel free to let me know. Be more than happy to do it. Uh, And if you'd like to maybe be a guest on the show, if you have a book or an important topic you'd like to discuss, certainly open to that as well. So thank you so much for tuning in to Bold Talk Radio. I am your host, Pat Williams. And until next time, I'll see you.